everyone and welcome to another episode of the Big At The Back podcast season two and I think it's episode nine although I'm sure Matt's going to correct me if that's wrong. You've nailed it first time. Brilliant it's only uphill from here we're on a roll. Cool so we haven't been with you for a couple of game weeks obviously lots of football been played so lots to catch up on. Matt how are you? I'm not too bad. It's almost the end of cricket season, so that is one game left to go this Saturday, so I can actually enjoy my weekends of football rather than not knowing what's going on and getting scores shouted at me from our scorer who's keeping us up to date. Like on Saturday when Liverpool were romping nine goals past Bournemouth, I was sure he was winding me up by saying Salah had no goals or assists. (laughs) But yeah, um, I was surprised to find that was true, but... Other than that, yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't too good after the 9-0, considering I got <laughs> nothing out of it. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, delighted. Um, but I think I, that's as good a place to start as any, because that's uh, the most anomaly of anomalies ever. It's like last season when Havertz, playing as a centre-forward, didn't get any returns in the 7-0 Chelsea win. So like you call, we called the right results just the wrong outcome um and yeah just very reminiscent of when we all captained Havertz and we all went through that pain well you speak for yourself I don't think I've ever captained Havertz um <laughs> because I'm not an idiot and I've told you all before he's a rubbish footballer he is a terrible footballer um I think he's going to be straight out of that Chelsea team when they sign up at me um so the theme of this podcast is actually a buy sell hold podcast because rather than going through two game weeks full of games, including a load of boring ones, we're just going to speak a lot more generally and speak about some of the teams that we think are worth buying into and some of the players we think are worth buying to and some of the ones that we don't think are worth touching with a barge ball. But this is an FPL podcast. So the last two game weeks, Matt, how have you done? How are you doing? Well, game week four, I had a very strong week. I finished on 84 points, which was quite a bit above the average and green arrows everywhere at that point. Uh, So I had Pope in goal with three. Um, My back line, Trent, 17, absolutely sort of smashing it that week. James, seven, Robertson, nine and Walker, one. And then across the midfield, Jensen and Rodrigo with two apiece. And we'll obviously talk a little bit more about Rodrigo in a bit because that's a a bit of an annoyance for me. And then I had Odegaard and Luis Diaz with 10 and 14 points, which I think gives me a a reason to play this again. As a single one of your midfielders, I would be considering an FPL. Uh, So just a little reminder about that one for you. And then the only sort of downside from my game week uh, was Gabriel Jesus was my captain and he got me a total of two points. Uh, but I did have, of course, Haaland, who got his first of two consecutive hat-tricks, <laughs> um, which, yeah, leads me on to this game when I have captained Haaland, but he is basically my only real uh, scorer. So he with 34, Jesus with six, Walker with six, and then it's a lot of two ones and noughts around the rest. Uh, with no Zinchenko and no James playing, I do have Jensen coming in with two points and Andreas Pereira coming in with six points. So I'm looking like I'm going to finish on 64, which is probably going to be a bit below average for this week. And back to the red arrows. So it's been ups and downs over the last sort of week or so. What about you? How are you getting on? Yeah, I think the last couple of games have just been 
right ideas, wrong execution. And by wrong execution, I mean getting the captaincy wrong for the last two weeks. Um, and both times I was going to go with the gut feel, the differential, and I bottled it and went back to Salah. So game week four, I ended on 64 points, which was too above average. But I had the armbands on Trent, and I completely bottled it right before deadline, moved it back to Salah. And if I'd have been on Trent, Trent got 17 points, it would have been absolutely awesome. So I ended on 64 points for game week four. This game week, all of my players have been delivering, unlike you, because I'm currently on 83. That's where I'm ending, so I don't have anyone to play tonight. Um, but again, I had the armband on both Haaland and then Cancelo, both of whom got more points than my actual captain, Salah, who, again, I bottled it and went straight back to last minute. So I'm frustrated with myself and not following through with my thoughts on how to be differential. But Salah with two assists I've, this week, I feel like I've got a bit lucky. Um, nice to see Martinelli coming good. And I brought Mitrovic and Harrison in. Mitrovic returning straight away. So that's always really, really nice to see. And I'm really, really happy to be owning him right now. Yeah, that's got that's taken you pretty well. Um, Mitrovic is just a man on fire at the moment, isn't he? He is absolutely smashing it. And he's proving everyone wrong that says he's not good enough for the Premiership, which we've always known it was just the wrong lineup, the wrong manager, the wrong whatever, but put him in the right situation, in the right team around him, he will score goals at this level. Yeah, and he is exceptional. Everything Fulham do goes through Mitrovic, so I think he's a must-buy for everyone at the moment. Um, saying that, he'll probably get injured in the next game, but we're, there are alternatives we can chat about. So let's talk about some of the games then. Um, let's talk more generally about some of the teams, actually, and let's start with Liverpool, because the 9-0 win at Bournemouth, followed by beating Newcastle 2-1. Um, as a Liverpool fan, Newcastle, you deserve this. All that play acting, all of that time wasting, you deserve that last minute winner against you. It was very justified and very... If they hadn't... They went full Richarlison. And that's something I really didn't like. So it's nice to see us put the swords in them for that. What, did you, what have your thoughts been on... Liverpool and how they delivered for you over the last couple of weeks. I, it's been a difficult one because obviously the the nine nil romping is more likely or not to be like a it's a one off. Those sorts of results really don't happen very often. As we saw last night, it was a much scrappier affair. But Newcastle are a good side, and we've seen that this season. So and Liverpool do have some good fixtures coming up, but. I've already taken the move. I've scrapped Robertson now. I feel like having both Trent and Robertson just hasn't paid off in this early part of the season other than that Bournemouth game. So I've moved him out um, and brought Cancelo in because he's, I mean, he seems the obvious choice at the moment. And I've had, I think I've been lucky really with having Diaz. I know Salah's probably still got a few more points than him this season, but I think the price difference is is massive and it's allowing me to sort of invest elsewhere in the squad. I mean, I'm, we've, we've both talked about this. We're probably going to be wildcard in a couple of weeks anyway, but mm. do I, I, might, I might look to ring Salah and then it's it's really up in the air for me. But at the moment, I think I've got fairly lucky. Um, but I think you, the, your situation is tight. If, I think if you've got two of the, the poor defenders, even though they've got quite good fixtures coming up, they just seem a bit leaky at the moment. And it's, it's because you're missing centre-half to play alongside Van Dijk. Yeah, and Joe Gomez just isn't recapturing the form. Um, 
I'm going to keep with my Liverpool three for the next two games because they've got Everton away and Wolves at home, both of whom are struggling to find the net. So I'm going to stick. And then when I wildcard, I will almost certainly be going down to two. Whether that includes Salah or not, I'm not sure. But Liverpool's games from game week eight are Chelsea away, Brighton at home, Arsenal away, City away home West Ham at home these aren't easy fixtures they've got a very tough run coming up so I think the fixtures do swing against Liverpool so that's probably the time our wild cards and just look to completely restructure my squads probably to focus a bit more on some of the Spurs assets but for Liverpool the next two games I'm holding and then after that I think I am gonna press that beloved wild card button and fix everything that's wrong with the side um Interesting, you mentioned Newcastle. They have a really nice run of fixtures coming up. So they've got Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford, United, Everton coming up. Newcastle, for me, are a buy. If if you're looking at their players, their new striker looks awesome. He's going to be on my list to bring in uh, on the wild card. I'm, fully, I'm probably going to be happy dropping... Uh, Gabriel Jesus for Newcastle striker when it comes around to it just because Arsenal's fixtures like Liverpool's tend to swing so I'm yeah I'm I'm quite bullish on them I think Newcastle are a buy at the moment completely agree and the other transfer I've already made for this week is I've taken Walker out because Mm. I I don't want to be bitten by the double defence again despite City looking a little bit stronger and I've brought Trippier in, so I think You've he is... Goal. That's a double defence. Yeah, but I, the way I see it, this it's slightly different because you, Pope's always going to get you save points if they're struggling, yeah. and Trippier is on set pieces, and he is like a gun bombing forward, whereas Walker seems to be holding back a lot more uh, and letting the other, other players run. Because Cancelo roams down the left, Walker has to sit in a little bit deep on the right and almost play as a third centre-back. So you're not you're sort of restricting your attacking returns. So that's why I've come for Trippier. Um, the other change I'm considering making is Wilson is out injured at the moment. And I would have to take a minus four, Brett, but I am considering bringing Isaac in for him because obviously he's the the one to start. He looks a great a great player. We saw him at the, World, at the Euros last year. Um, and he looked good then. He's been doing very well in Spain. He's come in, scored on his debut at Anfield, which is a pretty impressive start to your Newcastle career. So I'm considering that, but I have got other flags that I might need to do before I go just to Wilson. I could, I might, but at some point, I'm probably going to have to take a minus four with the amount of flags I've got. But Isaac is definitely one to keep an eye on, and Newcastle are a definite buy. If I'm talking general strategy here, if you're looking at it, from a flags perspective and your squad's not looking great, why not look at an early wild card instead of a minus four? Ah, oh, because where's the fun in that? <laughs> I don't like taking points hits early in the season. So obviously it, it, it would be a risk, especially considering you're going to be wildcarding soon anyway. I don't think it's going to be worth it. You may as well just stick for another week or two. But, yeah, obviously, your situation, uh, up to you what to do. I also said Odegaard was a rubbish FPO asset. So, uh, look, look how much I know. Did you know, before this midweek round of fixtures, 8% of this season's Premier League goals have been scored by Norwegian players, Harland and Odegaard? <laughs> <laughs> nah, great stuff. Like it. Um, cool. Let's look at some of the other teams then. 
Leeds. Now, we mentioned Rodrigo, um, but obviously the one-all draw with Everton, Rodrigo going off after 36 minutes. Uh, Jimmy, who was top of our big at the back league, had captained Rodrigo for this week. Um, so really ballsy move, didn't pay off. But I brought in Harrison. The next, the upcoming fixtures are still looking good. So I'm still quite confident on owning Leeds players, particularly the next one's Brentford away, but I'm benching Harrison anyway. Then they've got Forest, Manu, Villa, who look an absolute state right now, uh, Palace. So their fixtures still look quite good. What are your thoughts on Leeds at the moment? It's really difficult now with that Rodrigo injury because it's going to be. How are they going to line up? If It looks like he's going to be out because it looks like he might be a dislocated shoulder and obviously you're not coming back from that for a good few weeks at least. So if they're going to be without him, without Bamford, who are they going to have leading on the line? Is it going to be Dan James again? Which, I mean, we've been well, there done that. on the of coming back. Um, yeah, I think, I think there might be a little gap between the two. So if Bamford comes straight back in, then yeah, potentially you want to be looking at your Leeds assets, Harrison, Brendan Aronson even potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, I'm I'm a hold. I'm if you've got them, keep them. Apart from maybe you need to get rid of Rodrigo if he is going to be out for a, a substantial period of time. But I'm not in a rush to bring anyone else in until I've seen how they're going to line up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, that, that's fair enough. I think Leeds are a bit of a hold at the moment just because of the fixtures. But maybe be a bit more considerate when if you're looking at buying them. A team we're all invested in that no one particularly is enjoying being invested in at the moment is Chelsea. So <laughs> it was very typical Reese James to just vanish and become ill like right before the deadline. Um, Cucurella coming in with six points over the last two games and not great for a Chelsea defender, really. Um, but they've got West Ham and Fulham the next two. Then it's Liverpool. But after that, the fixtures look good. So it's Palace, Wolves, Villa, Brentford... They're about to get a Bumiang in, potentially a really good option as uh, forwards as well. So I think there's something to be said for Chelsea, but uh, but for me, it's going to be a wait and see how these next few games before the wild card goes. I wouldn't be looking to transfer anyone in immediately. No, same for me as well here. I think they looked very sluggish against uh, Southampton on Tuesday night. Mm. Uh, and like went ahead and still managed to throw the game away. Reese James getting lucky. I feel I feel like we're getting a bit lucky with James at the moment. He is picking up some attacking returns, but obviously he was out ill, so he's missed that game. In the games before that, it's one or seven. So it's like there's no real in between. They're not get they're not keeping clean sheets. West Ham this weekend will be probably a tougher test than it was um, if you'd have asked me a week ago because West Ham have picked up a win over Villa and a draw against Spurs and look a lot better. So it's a big hold from me. Aubameyang could come in, but he's going to have to do a lot of convincing for me because his time, the end of his spell at Arsenal was very underwhelming. He's been good at Barcelona, though. It's worth noting he's been very good when playing for Barcelona. So, I again, I think there's something there, but, yeah, I think maybe a wait and see for Aubameyang. Now, defensively, you mentioned, obviously, we feel like we've been lucky with James, especially as he's been playing in a right centre-back role. Perhaps now they've signed Fafana, that pushes James out to right wing-back. 
So we could be about to see revitalised Rhys James from game week nine. I think we should definitely be targeting to bring Rhys James in, but not before that, I would say. Yeah, I think I agree. And am I right in saying Callum Hunter-Odoi has gone out on loan? Has that happened? He has, yeah. To Leverkusen, I think. Yeah, I think so. So that obviously indicates, because he was the one that was filling in at right wing back when James was in the right centre-back position. Loftus-Cheek. Loftus-Cheek's been playing there. But oh, sorry, yeah. They're basically the same person. They've both got double-barrelled surnames. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah. one of them is not a good footballer, and that's Loftus-Cheek. He is dreadful. Every chance he has had so many chances. Like, he's, he's not a Premier League-level footballer. Um, so, yeah, I think from game week nine onwards, we can be really looking at bringing Chelsea assets in. But I think there are almost a holds for now. Um, yeah, really, I agree. Really like the look of the fixtures for Leicester from game week nine onwards as well. But the problem is they're play they're playing so badly. And we've got the Man U game tonight, so that's very much a way to see how that goes. But they're not really playing well at all. And without Madison, I'm not sure where you could possibly go, even if they start putting a run together. I think, yeah. Has anyone really got any Leicester assets that aren't James Madison at the moment? Um, if so, why? Wards. Oh, yeah, true. Team. Everyone's like, lots of people, but he's just sitting on the bench picking up a point a week, isn't he? Let's be honest. Like, because they're conceding so many goals, they're so leaky. And obviously, they've lost for Fana now. Will they be bringing anyone else in today? Because this is deadline day as we're sat here recording this. You feel like they need to reinvest. There's rumours of bids coming in for Tillemans today as well. They are struggling big time. Mm. Bottom of the league, really in a lot of trouble. They are a they're a sell for me. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and it goes without saying, but if you've got any Bournemouth or Nottingham Forest assets, they're also a sell. Talk to me about Fulham and what your thoughts are on Fulham at the moment, because the next couple of games are tough with Tottenham away and Chelsea at home. Then the fixtures turn and get easier for them. Now, I've got Mitrovic because I think he scores against both Tottenham and Chelsea, the way they're playing. Um, Andreas, I think a lot of us have. He's doing well. But I can really see myself starting Andreas in my team every week from game week eight onwards, really. Uh, so from a Fulham perspective, is there anyone else you're looking at or are they just the key to we should be considering, really? They are the ones, aren't they, really? You're not really going to be looking at them defensively because you're not really getting any output either from the full-backs getting forward or in terms of defensive um, clean sheets or anything like that. So, in reality, it's going to be Andreas. It's going to be Mitrovic. If you've got one or the other, you can definitely consider bringing the other one in if you want to go to for, for both of them because we've seen that they have both picked up uh, points in tough games. Uh, so you've got Spurs next and Chelsea, like you said. So by the time uh, they t- fixtures turn in a couple of weeks' time, like you say, Forest, Newcastle, West Ham, then Bournemouth and Villa are both really struggling. By the time you get any further than that, they are going to be very good assets. Oh, you've got a, a guest on the pod. Yeah, so the little puppy Benny was just barking. That's why I ran off camera. Um, but well done for keeping it going. Uh, hello, <laughs> hello to the podcast. If you're on YouTube or watching it via video, you'll see a little crazy puppy trying to escape. Isn't that right, mister? <laughs> I spoke to him earlier as well. He also thinks Leicester are a sell. 
But that's his only opinion on football, and that's because he hates Jamie Vardy. Oh, well, fair enough. Uh, after his wife was a grass, that's all we can really say in the matter. Um, <laughs> so where did we get to? Um, Fulham are a hold, probably, but the, you can consider bringing one of the main two in if you've only got one of them, in my opinion. I agree completely. Um, our favourite team to talk about, Everton. I thought so, you were going to say Crystal Palace, to be honest with you. Everton <laughs> <laughs> Russell, for me, obviously. I think Everton are rubbish. Uh, I'm amazed they've managed to even get any points so far this season. I still think they're going down. So, Everton are a sell. How on earth are they looking at... Well, they're probably he's probably not going to go now because it's too late in the window. But how on earth is anyone offering £60 million for Anthony Golden, a man who has scored four Premier League goals before this season, three of which were deflections? Honestly, he's not a good footballer. He's quite energetic, but it's very much young English talent getting caught with an all-hype kind of thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, I agree. Like You're not... Who, who would you even consider bringing in from Everton at the moment? Damari Gray? Possibly. Damari Gray is doing everything for the Everton side. You feel really bad for him because everyone likes Damari Gray, but uh, there's just the obvious problem that they just don't have anyone you'd want to bring in. Yeah, it's... it's so, um, and to be fair, if you've got anyone, probably go and get yourself checked out by a shrink or something because you've got bigger <laughs> problems. A really interesting one to chat about next, and I know we're not going in any particular order, by the way, here, guys, um, but the next one I want to talk about is some as a team we're all invested in, and that is Bournemouth. No, it's, our, it's Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Arsenal, we've all got Gabriel Jesus. He's still at 80% ownership. Um, he's scoring. I've got Martinelli. You've got Odegaard. Uh, some people have Saliba. Other people have Gabriel. So... Considering Arsenal's next three are Man U, Everton and Brentford, after that, the fixtures get much, much tougher. What are your thoughts towards Arsenal right now and looking over the next couple of games or so? They're definitely a hold for now because, like we've seen, Man United can be gotten at. Yes, they've won their last two. We'll see how they get on tonight. But they can be gotten at. And Everton and Brentford are decent enough fixtures. Then... Your three of your next four are Spurs, Liverpool and City, and it's a lot tougher. And a lot of people will be looking to wildcard then anyway. So it could be that you maybe shift out one or two of your assets. Uh, I'll probably keep Jesus just about, but I'm sort of on the edge with that. Uh, I think if you've got like a Martinelli or a Saki, you're probably going to keep them over a Jesus going into those fixtures uh, because you're probably looking at a bit more potential output in those types of games. I'll probably be moving Zinchenko out at that point. Uh, I feel like, well, he's got a knock at the moment anyway so potentially could be missing a couple but he's probably one that's on my sort of to-go list when my wild card comes around in the next week or so yeah I get the feeling with Arsenal it's a case of let's take the points and run yeah um, they have been in wonderful form but I think the cracks are starting to show I'm again I'm not moving any of them on for the next couple of game weeks but when wild card comes I'll almost certainly be bringing getting rid of Gabriel Jesus um, possibly keeping Martinelli just to have him there, but that's a bit of a TBC as well. So we'll wait and see, but once Arsenal's fixtures turn, they turn pretty sharply. So I think that's the time to be abandoning your Arsenal assets. 
So you're not going to switch Martinelli to Odegaard now? I'm not, no, but you can do that if you want. Um, another team that quite a lot of people are invested in is Spurs. Now, the next two, they've got a really mixed bag with fixtures because the next two are Fulham at home and Man City away. Then it's getting a bit nicer. So it's Leicester, then Arsenal, then Brighton, Everton and Man U. So from a Spurs perspective, Harry Kane's the obvious one. I think if you've got humans on, why sell him? If Because he probably won't even be starting every game. Richarlison has done enough to earn a chance. Um, but I think Harry Kane is a hold. Potentially, actually, let's talk about Harry Kane for a moment. What are your thoughts on him? Because you're, a lot of people are making the choice between him and Haaland. Yeah, I think if you've got Kane over Haaland, you need to try and make that switch. I know there's the risk of Haaland's minutes being reduced quite a bit over the next... Well, now the Champions League's looking to start next week, there's risk of his minutes reducing drastically. But as we've seen in the last two games, he doesn't need a lot of minutes to score goals. He scored a hat-trick in 17 minutes and a hat-trick in 38 minutes. So that is just how dominant he can be, especially against lower teams. He is the striker that City have been missing. And even without him, they were still winning league titles. So he's already scored, is it nine goals this season now? So, and we're not, well, we've just hit September. My prediction of him getting up to near 40 goals if he stays fully fit and plays enough is well and truly on. (laughs) Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Kane is looking very good. Yeah, like he had a good game against West Ham last night. He created the goal, which to be fair, it was an own goal. But if it wasn't put in, it would have been Son who would have tapped it in. So unlucky Son owners. (laughs) I actually think there is a real case considering Salah's not up to the level he we know he can be. I think there's a case for just going heavy up top. So Kane, Haaland and Jesus and no premium midfielders whatsoever. Um, certainly my bus team for this week, I've literally only got two starting midfielders, and we'll get to those in a bit. Um, but Kane versus Haaland has been done to death. I think Haaland is a must-have at the moment, though. Um, other Spurs assets? There's quite a few people still with Perisic, but I think with Champions League, his minutes are going to be heavily questioned. Perhaps there is value on some of the other assets. So Kulisewski, since game week one, hasn't really shown what he's all about, but we know he can spring into life. And then there's something to be said for that right-back spot because Emerson Royale looks to have it nailed down. So what are your thoughts around Spurs at the the moment? Yeah, at the other end of the pitch, it's a a hold for me. I'd be waiting and see what, what they look like they're doing in these Champions League games and once you've had a, maybe a round or two of Champions League matches, you can start to get a good idea of who's going to be playing Premier League and who's going to be playing Champions League. Mm. So if you've got them, hold them. If you're if you're looking to move on to them, I'd wait a little while until you know exactly how they're going to be lining up. Yeah, Richard, fair enough. Um, just as we intend to hit a wild card, the fixtures turn for your beloved West Ham. So. Their next two, you're not going near them because it's Chelsea and Newcastle. But after that, it's Everton, Wolves, Fulham, Southampton, all in a row. If there's ever a period you want to bring in Jared Bowen, I suggest it's that period. So he's likely to be there on my wild card, I would say. Um, what, what are your thoughts? So that you obviously watch him a lot closer than I do. 
I uh, would be holding off Bowen at the moment. He looks a long way off discovering his form of last season. I was, as having said that, if you're ever going to bring him in, here's the time. He's obviously dropped in price since the start of the season, so you can get him a little bit cheaper. If he has a couple of returns, that price will start to creep up again. The one that I'm keeping a big eye on with his game time is our new signing, Lucas Paqueta. He's in at a £6 million, uh, mm. in FPL. He's our record signing. He came on last night against Spurs, looked pretty good. He's good with the ball at his feet. In his last two seasons at Lyon, he got nine goals in each season, plus five and six assists, respectively, in each season. So he gets returns. He'll be playing probably in that 10 role. So he's the one I'd be keeping an eye on for West Ham. Uh, Skamaka did start against Villa, but was uh, has been ill since then. So there's still that debate of who's going to be starting up top between him and Antonio. So I wouldn't be touching either of them at the moment. If anyone, it's going to be either maybe Bowen, maybe Paqueta. But I would say our best player this season has been Ben Rama. Um, but his limits are often rotated in and out. And obviously, we're playing European football now from this week as well. So there's always that. Oh, I forgot about European football as well. That could be damaging for your players. Um, okay, so West Ham, I actually think it's a wait and see over the next couple of weeks or so. When we wildcard, we should have a much clearer picture. Definitely. Um, Southampton have good fixtures over the next four. They're just so boring, though. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sure there are Southampton fans, like both of you in the world. Um, but they're just a very, very boring team to watch and talk about. And yeah, you've just beaten Chelsea, but this is the Chelsea side completely out of sorts. I just don't see anyone from Southampton I will enjoy owning from an FPL standpoint. Same here for me. I just can't see. There's no consistency with any of their returns either. So I just think they're ones that you just leave them well alone. Yeah, I mean, a team that still have good fixtures is Brentford, that we still haven't spoken about enough. Um, what are your thoughts on Brentford? Because you you've got uh, who, who Jensen. Jensen, that's the one. And I've got Josh De Silva. So where are you standing with Jensen at the moment? Like you say, the fixtures are pretty decent coming up. Leeds, Southampton and Bournemouth, three of their next five. So I'm very much holding him for those. And then, well, we'll see on the wildcard that he could be one that's coming out because they've struggled a little bit in their last couple of games for any real consistency. Uh, they, I can't even remember how they got on this midweek. It seems oh, so long ago already. Oh, yeah, they drew with Palace. Like, I mean, Palace have been in fairly decent form, to be fair. So that's one that you can probably understand. And then they drew one with Everton as well the week before uh, at the weekend. Mm. So, yeah, they seem to have fallen away a little bit. Thomas Frank is a good coach, though. He will get them back to their, to their best soon enough, I reckon. But hold for me. I'm not bringing anyone in. I'm not selling anyone. But if you've got them, keep them for now. Yeah, I think Brentford, I tend to agree with you. It's very unfortunate that we're not talking about Ivan Tony because I love him as a player. But yeah. unfortunately, there are better options up front at the moment this season. It seems to be the year of the forward. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, Brentford are a hold, certainly not a buy right now. Um, I think the same could actually be said for Brighton. Uh, I know Pascal Gross has done well. And I know he's been on a bit of form. But we've seen this before, and there's no way he continues that for another 10 weeks. I think you maybe hold him for a little bit further, but then you should be looking to sell. Defensively, Bryson are definitely to be considered. Uh, Veltman, Dunk, uh, Sanchez, all very good FPL options. But going forward, I can't see anyone there right now for Bryson. 
Yeah, nice own goal for Dunk this week, though. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but I agree with you. I don't think there's anyone particularly you're going to be putting up trees to bring in. Gross is the only real option. I tend to agree with you that it's probably a bit it's of a purple good. patch. Mm. Yeah, and it's. I don't think it lasts. But I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I have been many times in the past. Well, speaking of you being wrong, let's talk about Crystal Palace. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> Will Zaha, who continues to score goals. And what I like about Zaha is they're looking like team goals. I mean, Zaha in the past has just done it all himself. But now he's got the full team actually doing work for him. So I think he's a buy for me. Uh, Will Zaha, if you're looking at a Palace player, is a buy. And he's very much on the cards for my wildcards in a few weeks. I might just have to bring him in because then he'll stop scoring and everyone else will stop getting his points. Yeah. Oh, if you can do that, that would be great. Just do that for the next two weeks. That would be wonderful. And then I'll bring him in after you get rid of him. Um, okay, deal. I'll, I'll keep you posted with what I'll do. Sounds good. For our listeners that don't know, Matthew has a wonderful relationship with Will Saha. Matt owned him for 25 weeks last season and got zero returns. Matt didn't own him for 13 weeks. Uh, or else, and he missed out on 12 returns. Yeah, so, I just I, he, I think I've maybe had one goal out of him in the history of FPL. That's that is definitely an exaggeration, but he's just oh, I hate the guy in FPL. Good player, <laughs> but kills me. I love what he does to Watford, though. <laughs> well, there is that, yeah. But I think Zaha is the only asset you're looking at from Crystal Palace. Um, really, really really good player and he's fixture proof in my opinion so if you've got him hold him if you haven't buy him uh there's no point touching on the likes of nottingham forest and bournemouth but we can talk about manchester united because they've won the last two games but they've won the the game against liverpool liverpool just were not at the races and man you were so i think that is probably a bit of an anomaly Going away to St Mary's and winning, they did very well. But again, Southampton are not the best team. So I feel like the jury's very much still out on Manchester United and I'm not really looking to bring any of them in. Do you, are you a bit more positive about them or what, what's your gut feel on them? No, I'm still pretty on the fence. Like you say, the Liverpool game was very much an anomaly. They won away at Southampton after seven consecutive away defeats. So that is at least a, a good thing for them, a good sign. But you do sort of wonder how if it is a just a little bit of a purple patch. Their fixtures um, are all right until they play City. Um, but obviously, everyone's got to play City at some point. But before then, I mean, obviously, Anthony's just signed today. That's been confirmed. How will he get on? How will he slot into that team? Will Ronaldo leave today? You're sort Ooh. of hoping if you've got Man United assets, you're probably hoping that he does. Because as we've seen, I mean, Bruno's goal against Southampton was such a good finish. Um, he seems to really flourish without Ronaldo there. Yeah, I mean, whenever Ronaldo doesn't play, Bruno looks brilliant. But with Bruno, he's 10 million and he's had two good games and in those two good games, he scored one goal. The jury is out. I'm not going to be buying Bruno on the back of that, unfortunately. No. Um, and with that new signing, Anthony, coming in as well, which is ob- one of the most ridiculous signings I've ever seen. Does he even start for United? I think you see him go out onto the right, Sancho over to the left, Bruno in the 10 and Rashford up top. Sounds like a really good forward line. It does. But 
who do you go for? I'd probably say Rashford of the lot. Actually, it's probably the probably the standard. If he's if he's going to be a midfielder playing up front, then yeah, uh, he's probably the most sensible one. I think if you're going to go to United, I'd go Rashford over Bruno at the moment, um, yeah. especially considering the price difference as well. Definitely. But that that's where I'm standing at the moment. Um, that's all the teams I think are worth talking about. City aren't worth talking about because you've got Haaland, you've got Cancelo. You maybe go Bernardo Silva or Gundogan if you want to be cute or Foden if you want to be frustrated. But <laughs> that, that there's two completely must-haves and that's Haaland and Cancelo. Do you disagree? I mean, if you want to try and get De Bruyne in, you can, but obviously there's a lot of money around there. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think De Bruyne is worth the money. He's playing like a CDM at the moment. Last season... When he was so good, he was playing essentially as a second striker. Now he's dropping a lot more. So I don't think De Bruyne is worth the money at the moment. You watch him assist like six goals in the next game, all for Haaland. Watch me bring him in for that game as well. Against Um, Villa. Against Villa, that's the team to bring him in for. Oh, goodness me. Aston Villa just, again, shoddy mess of a club at the moment. Gerrard's got to go soon, surely. Um, but let's look at our bus teams then. What are you setting out for the weekend and what, what's your thought process behind it? Mine is difficult at the moment with the amount of flags I've got, but it's currently starting with Pope in goal, a back five of Trent, Cancelo, Trippier, uh, James and Zinchenko. Uh, James and Zinchenko both flagged at the moment. James is obviously with an illness, so hopefully he recovers in time. Zinchenko is looking a little bit less likely. Uh, midfield three of Andreas, Erdegaard and Luis Diaz, uh, which is another one with Erdegaard with being flagged, potentially might end up coming out, but we'll see what happens there. And then the front two at the moment, Haaland and Jesus with the armband still on Haaland because I just feel like, although again, you, there's always a worry with his minutes, but Alvarez played a full 90 yesterday, so hopefully that means... Haaland is more likely to start because I think he played about 65. And that leaves my bench as Ward, yeah, uh, Jensen, Rodrigo and Wilson. So Rodrigo and Wilson are both flagged as well. So that's where I've got five flagged players at the moment, which is why I might take a minus four. Could you just wildcard? Nah, I don't want to. <laughs> fair enough. want to wait until the fixtures turn. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, well, like you, I've got Pope and Goal and I've got Sens and Cancelo at the back. Um, I've got Robertson, and I'm not dropping him before Everton, uh, and Cucurella and Nico Williams in my bus team at the moment. Then I've only got two starting in midfield, which is Salah and Martinelli. Then up front, I've got Haaland with the armband on, Gabriel Jesus and Alexander Mitrovic. So I'm going for light in midfield. My bench at the moment is Josh De Silva, Jack Harrison and Andreas Pereira, all of whom could be starting, but Nico Williams against Bournemouth at home, if he's ever going to keep a clean sheet, that's the fix. This is their chance, yeah. And he's on for attack and returns as well when Forrest go forward. So I think if there's a time you're ever going to start Nico Williams, it's now. So that's why I've got him playing ahead of the three midfielders. Yeah, that sounds like a good team to me. Uh, I wish I was in your position with not having five flag players. You mean to say that Martinelli might have been a better choice than Odegaard? I'm, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but... I don't, I don't think I said that. I, I think that's what it sounded like, and maybe our listeners nope. can tell otherwise. Nope. Um, nope. <laughs> cool. So 
looking at next week then, I'm away in San Francisco for work, but we should still be able to get a podcast out. If there's any questions or anyone wants advice on their team, our advice is terrible. So come and tweet us. Uh, we can be found on Twitter at Big at the Back. Yeah, and you can find myself at Higgins92 and Tom is at TomMadden92. Don't forget to like and subscribe and hit that notification bell if you're on YouTube or if you're on any of your regular podcast platforms, you can subscribe there. Leave us a rating if you want. Um, and yeah, get in touch. Leave, give us your feedback. Let us know what you think and let us know how you're lining up uh, and what you're thinking of wildcarding as well. Exciting stuff. We're getting into the meat of it now, guys. Good luck for the weekend. Thank you.